Jeremiah chapter 38, verse number 6. Thank you to all of our musicians and singers. Let's give them a hand clap of appreciation for a job well, well done. They work hard. They work hard every week. And so we acknowledge them and we're so very grateful that they bring to us a level of excellence and anointing because of their efforts. Praise God. We appreciate them very, very much. Jeremiah chapter 38 and verse number 6. Then they took Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malachiah, the son of Hamalek, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. I want to speak to you for a few moments here tonight on the horrible pit. And I want to preach tonight, and I want to tag into somebody that might feel like they are in a pit, either by their own doing or uh, just falling into something inadvertently and wondering if there is a way out. There is a way out. Because the psalmist said in chapter 40, verse 2, he brought me out also of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. God knows how to take us out of the horrible pit. Lord, we thank you and praise you tonight. We worship you and for a few moments as we stand before you, we pray that your word would be real to us and strength to us. Give us clarity of mind and speech and heart and speak to somebody's condition here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. A pit could refer simply to a hole in the ground. But generally in the scripture, it was a cistern that was several meters deep, deep enough that if you fell into it, you would not be able to get out of it. Typically, they were made of rock and they stored precious water. I went to Israel the last year or the year before that and was able to stand at Abraham's well. Never been to this location before. It was a very interesting place, a well that was very, very deep. So if you were to fall into something like that, uh, there would be no way to get out of that. And because it was for the storage of a precious resource, water, many times if the well ran low or dry, at the bottom of it would be miry clay, a muck or a mire. In our text scripture regarding Jeremiah, he was put in a cistern or in a pit and he sunk into the mire, and this was his condition. Building a cistern, something like Abraham's well, was not something that was easy to do. It was very, very hard work. Abraham dug some wells, and then later Isaac had to redig those wells because the enemy tried to stop them up. It involved a great deal of work. It usually had a small access near the top, and groundwater would flow into that well or that pit. Dark, damp, rocky, and isolated, it provided a near-death experience for anyone or any animal 
that was hapless enough to fall in and to be stranded inside. Despair would quickly follow when there was a realization that there was no escape out of the miry pit. The law had very specific words regarding a pit because it could also function as a trap. And so there were social ramifications. In Exodus chapter 21 and verse 33, the scripture says, if a man shall open a pit or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it and an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good and give money unto the owner of them and the dead beast shall be his. Animals could fall in the pit. So there was something in the law that adjudicated what was to take place if that were to happen. They were around and scattered throughout the land, and they held a specific function because water was very, very important. It was an important commodity and resource. But it could also end up as a device of horrible means and filled with deep, miry clay and muck and mire. One could end up either inadvertently, not purposely, or they could end up there willingly. If you ended up in a pit, it's very, very difficult, according to the scripture and the psalmist and everything that we read in the scripture, it's very, very difficult to get out of it. But I'm thankful here tonight that there's an old hymn that can be sung. He brought me out of the miry clay. I, I might have been in a pit, but there's a God that knows how to get you out of the pit and the miry clay. There's a God that is well able to release you from the situation that you are in. Thank God I've got a testimony. I didn't die there in the muck and the mire, but God picked me out of the miry clay. If you've got a testimony tonight of where God picked you from your miry clay, praise God. You need to lift your voice, let out a shout of triumph, clap your hands and say, I know what you're talking about, Pastor, because I was there and God did mighty things to pull me out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Joseph was thrown in a pit by the action of others. Joseph was the favorite of Jacob. Jacob gave him a coat of many colors because he was the favorite son. Joseph dreamed big. And in his perception, God was doing mighty things, but it rubbed his brothers the wrong way. All the sheaves were bowing to me. The sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed to me in my dreams. But the real problem that Joseph faced was his brothers. And in Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 20, they said, let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast has devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Somehow God was able to pick him out of the pit that he was in, he made his way to Egypt. He found himself in Potiphar's house. He was doing very well until a false accusation by Potiphar's wife, and he ended up back in the pit. Amazingly, Joseph did not allow this 
double tragedy to destroy him. Praise God. But he recognized there's a God of the pit. It doesn't matter how dark and miry and how stinky this place is. There is a God that is, is able to pick me out of this place. His arm is not short that it cannot reach, but there is a right hand of power. Praise God. Some of you are looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. You just forgot the testimony of where God pulled you from. You wouldn't be sitting on these chairs here tonight if it had not been for the strong hand and arm of the Lord that said, I'm going to pull you out of your addictions. I'm going to pull you out of your dysfunction. I'm going to pull you out of your bondage. I'm going to set you on a rock that is solid. I'm going to anchor you. Somebody should praise God for the very fact that God pulled you out. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody said praise the Lord. We are able to overcome the mental anguish of being confined, trapped, held in, imprisoned because God has a greater destiny. Joseph was hanging on to a purpose and he was hanging on to a dream. And still, in the midst of those dreams, it was a mental nightmare. I know what I'm preaching here tonight. Some of you feel like you can't get out of the restraints on some of the things that have happened to you that has created a pit with miry clay that feels like your feet will never be able to escape that gunk and stuff that has happened in your life. Praise God. I'm going to keep preaching this until you break out of where you are because it is exactly what God wants for your life. Praise God. Joseph was put in the pit by his own family, by his own brothers. Sometimes family can do the most horrible stuff to us, but Joseph still had a dream. I've got value. God showed me some mighty things. I'm going to keep dreaming. I'm going to keep believing. I'm not going to stay in this place, but God's going to pull me out of this. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I, I want you to be real honest with me tonight. I know this is a vulnerable position, but if people have done bad things to you that have created emotional difficulties in your life, I want you to raise your hand. I don't want to know the details. I just want to know, have, have people done stuff to you that is deplorable? Look around this building. You're not the only person that's in the pit or was in the pit. There's a lot lot of people that have struggled and faced difficulties because of what others have done to them. But thank God we're in this thing together and there's a lot of testimonies that I can draw strength from. Maybe I can make it. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I can overcome. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Sometimes people 
have a mentality that they are dirty because of what other people have done to them. God knows how to pick you out of the pit of the miry clay. <laughs> he did it for Joseph. Yes, he did. There's a psychology of the pit. There's a different metaphors to this place. It's described as a prison. A dry cistern, as in the case of Jeremiah, became a handy prison that when they lowered him down because of what he was prophesying, and they didn't like it. It wasn't politically expedient, and so they didn't like him, so they lowered him down into this place, and he sunk into the mire. If there was water in this, it would make this event even more frightening. The psalmist draws a parallel between God's seeming failure to answer and the unheeded cries of one caught in a pit. In Psalm 28, he says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. The pit can be seen as a trap. Pits function as wild animal traps. The wicked lay traps for the just. And just as an unwary domestic animal might fall into the pit, so could a person fall into a trap. The pit is described as a place of despair. It's a metaphor for depression and despair. And the phrase is going down to the pit that captures the hopelessness of the dying or the predicament that people feel. Amen. Depression is a real thing, and it feels like going down in the pit. You're thankful for God's faithfulness. Praise God, if you feel, if you feel like you are going down into the pit, there is a God that wants to pick you out of that situation and bring strength to you through his mercy and through his faithfulness. Praise God, I feel like I struck a chord right there. You can be in despair and depression as an apostolic. Don't let anybody tell you anything otherwise. It can happen. But the trump card is this. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is power than any the power more powerful than any emotion that you can experience and when the holy ghost and a move of god comes in it can elevate you out of the downward trajectory and into the upward lift of god's goodness hang on hang on to what god is doing praise god the pit can be a place of despair the psalmist speaks of this. The psalms are the only, the only place where the, the words of people to God become the word of God back to the people. And it's, it's there because humanity has emotions. And Psalm 30, verse 9, What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Psalm 88 and verse 4, I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave. This is not a pretty place. Whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. 
The pit can be described as a, a grave. It's a metaphor for death. And many times bodies were conveniently disposed of in open graves or in pits. What is shocking is that while many good people end up in a pit not of their own making, not of their own making, many have dug their own cistern, not going to have much of a response here as before, but we can relate when it's somebody else's fault, but when it's my own doing, it becomes hard to become enthused about it. I can, by my own actions, create my own cistern and my own pit. This is, this is referenced in Psalm chapter 7 and verse 14. Behold, he travaileth with iniquity and hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. He made a pit and digged it and is fallen into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own pate or his own head. The realization is that the shovel in my own hand is why I'm so deep. It's why I am where I am. Praise God. If you're digging a pit, you need to put the shovel down. If you're digging yourself into a hole, stop digging. If you're going downward and all you can think about is a downward trajectory, put away the shovel. Get your head up and sit it down and say, whence cometh my help? It cometh from the Lord. It's not coming from down there. It's coming from up there. Praise God. Stop digging. Stop digging and start trusting that God knows how to pull you out of where you are. Praise God. Praise God. Proverbs talks about the, the pit of immorality. The pit of immorality. Proverbs 22, verse 14. The mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit. A strange woman is a personification, not of a, of a particular individual, but a personification of sexual immorality. Speaking to the young man. There are things that are going to call for your attention. Wisdom is up in the chief concourse and place of the city, and she's calling out to you. But you've got folly, and you've got the strange woman that are also speaking to you. Flee from her, because her mouth is a deep pit, and he that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. You need to flee sexual immorality because you are digging yourself a pit. I am not here to bring condemnation upon anybody, but the Bible says flee fornication. Get away from sexual immorality. I don't care what the world says, how they want to market it, how they want to paint it. The Bible is still right. You're going to do yourself harm by messing around with the strange woman or the strange man that's going to create a 
pit for you. Come on. We need a church that rallies together and says we know everybody is not perfect, but we're not going to fall to the reality. We're going to lift up the ideal and say it's still right to be morally pure. It's still right to keep yourself till marriage. It's still right to keep the hands of the world off of your body and let the hands of God direct your heart. Come on, parents, get up on your feet and clap your hands with me and say, this is still right. It's a pit. It's a trap. Don't fall into it. People that have fallen into it have 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 created difficulties for themselves emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Every area of, of your life is is falls into a pit. The only way that I can describe it, the world. This is going off on a tangent, but I feel like I need to go there for just a minute. The world will paint it as if it's some kind of recreation. There's no feelings attached. No emotions are attached. We can just hook up and it's okay and it's not a problem. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you, you cannot act as if it is a form of recreation. It is something that is spiritual that takes place. If you take two pieces of cardboard and glue them together and then try to remove them, it's going to fracture apart in all kinds of pieces. One half's going to be stuck to the other. This side's going to be stuck to that. It shears off. It's not clean. It's very messy. And that's exactly what you do to your soul. It's what you do to your emotions. I'm saying the world wants to create a trap and a pit of sexual immorality, but I'm preaching to you young people. Don't do it. Don't go that direction. Don't fall into that thing. And if you do, you got to look to the one that is able to pull you out of the pit and get back on your feet and say, God, I'm going to trust you again. I'm going to follow you again. I'm going to put my best effort again. wicked, the spiritually blind cannot avoid a pit because they cannot see. They need to spiritually discern things. There's a lot of metaphors for the pit, but in any case, a pit is a pit. And there's no way out unless someone can dig you out of the miry clay. Who can dig me out of the miry clay? I'm so glad you asked. Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Jesus can. Not Dr. Seuss. Jesus. Not some politician. Jesus. <laughs> Not some Hollywood star. Jesus. 
There's nobody that can do what Jesus can do. It is Jesus that can pull you out of the miry clay. I'm praying for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm praying that somebody says, I want to be buried in a name that is above every name. I want to get out of this miry muck and clay that I'm in. I want to be established on a rock. Is that what you want? Revival. I want revival. God, pull people out of where they are and give them a power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is able to change them. Jesus is the one that can help you out of the pit. As a matter of fact, in two places, in Matthew chapter 12 and in Luke chapter 14, Jesus, on the Sabbath day, was in the synagogue and in the house of one of the chief Pharisees. And on the Sabbath day, they tried to trick him and question him. In the first case, there was a man that had a withered hand. And they asked Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And Jesus illustrated with the usage of the pit when he talked about what is important on the Sabbath day of whether or not you should heal or not heal. He said, what man among you, if you have a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, would you not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. In the second occasion, he was in the house of one of the chief Pharisees, and they watched him, and there was a man that had the dropsy. And they asked him the same question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And Jesus said, which of you shall have an ass or an ox falleth into a pit and not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they couldn't answer him. The point that Jesus was making was this. You'll take care of your animals, but you will judge me for healing somebody. Jesus was saying this, your religion has become ineffective to get people out of bondage. And if you're more interested in a sheep or an oxen or an ass, then you have missed the point about the individual that needs healing. I don't want anything to do with a religion that is not going to pull people out and heal people and pick them out of the pit. I am very interested in a new birth experience that is able to change people's lives. You wouldn't be here if it was a cold, dry religion that had a long list of things of do's and don'ts. You are here because the Holy Ghost has totally and radically transformed your life and changed you absolutely, completely into a new individual because God plucked you out of the miry clay. Hallelujah. Let's thank him together. He's still in the saving business. So Jesus on the Sabbath says, take up your bed and walk. Jesus says to the blind man, you're not walking away on this Sabbath blind, but you can now see. Jesus says with the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. I'm going to make it whole. Jesus says to the man with unclean spirits, you're walking away not under spiritual duress anymore, but you're walking away in freedom and liberty 
guilty because Jesus pulls people out of the horrible place that they are in. It's a work of God. God knows how to dig people out. Praise God as the musicians come tonight. In ancient times, how do you get something out of a pit? Well, I guess there's a lot of ways, straps, but if you're trying to get an ox out of a cistern with straps, you're going to have a very difficult time. You can't get up the sides because it's rocky. And if it's for water and in cisterns, it's slimy. It's kind of like getting in a canal in Bakersfield. Danger, danger, danger. Because there's no way to get out unless you find something to grab onto because the sides are slick. So there you are in that cistern, (laughs) in that pit, in the miry muck, and there's no way out of it. How do you get out of it? The way you can get out of it is if you put something in it until you can take a step higher. And then you put more in it until you can take another step higher. And you put more in it and you can take another step higher until the elevation changes from where instead of on the bottom, you now start making your way up. It's gonna take a lot of work because whatever you put in the cistern, you're gonna have to go dig back out. And so it's difficult. But I'll tell you this, if I had a sheep in there, I'd do everything I could do to get it out. If I had an oxen in there, I would do everything I could do to get it out because it's a value. But more importantly, if there was a person in there, I would do everything I could do to get them out. And it would be worth the effort of shoveling something in to get somebody out and then going back and shoveling everything back out. It's hard work, church, but it's worth it. Sometimes getting people out of the miry clay is a lot of work. But it's worth it. Sometimes it takes years. It's not something that happens instantaneously. But it's worth every effort of blood, sweat, and tears. Everything that goes into what we do as a church to make sure somebody has the opportunity to get out of the miry clay and find some sunshine. What's a spiritual way of getting out of the pit? Put a little mercy in there. It's going to raise the level just a bit. Praise God. As we stand together in this place tonight, throw a little grace in there, and it'll rise just a bit. Put a little anointing into where you are, and it will allow you to come up just a bit higher. Praise God. Let there be some spiritual encouragement. 
that elevates you from your place of despair. Drop some strength into that place of weakness. And see if your head doesn't look up to see that there's light. Come on, pack it with some doctrine. Put some doctrine in there so that you can take a step up and move from the miry clay to the rock that anchors you. Add some joy. Instead of sorrow, add some blood, sweat, and tears through Calvary. And little by little, I'm coming out because God is taking me from the horrible pit into a place of liberty and freedom. Praise God. Are you in a pit? Let Jesus pour some things into where you are to help you rise above and out of where you are. Praise God. Right now, I want us to pray for somebody that feels like they're in the horrible pit. If it's not you tonight, lift up your hands and let's pray together for the individual that feels like they're there. God, I thank you and praise you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, you don't have to be in despair and depression and anxiety and stress. I know those are all things that we all go through, but I'm talking about a God that is able to pick you from where you are. The psalmist said, he brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet on a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Praise God. I'm talking to you, sir. I'm talking to you, ma'am. And I'm saying to you, the only answer is Jesus. Praise God. And Jesus is in this place to take you out of where you are. Hallelujah. These altars are open as they prepare to sing. There is a God that can pull you out of depression. There's a God that is able to pull you out of despair. Keep dreaming, keep dreaming. I 
Praise God. These individuals that have gathered together tonight. Somebody needs to step out of a chair where you are and find somebody and pray with them.